0: what you want, when you want it,
1: where you want it. This is The Mesh. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Exchange on The Mesh Podcast Network, a monthly conversation about startups and small business with ideas, tools, and advice to operate your business more effectively. On today's show, we've had a lot of companies and startups on the podcast and most of them get started in order to solve a problem. But this is the first time that we've had someone start a company because their spouse had smelling problems. Well, We've got Megan Eddings with Excel Lifestyle. She's going to be with us to explain how she resolved the stink and started a business. And, of course, we'll also have our Small Business of the Month feature where we'll recommend some interesting businesses that you should be checking out. Hello, my name is Jeff Nuvel. I'm your host and director of the Manufacturing Solutions Center in Conover, North Carolina. I'm joined by my co-host Gary Muller, who is Executive Dean of Economic Develop- Development and Corporate Education at Catawba Valley Community College in Hickory. Gary, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Jeff.
2: As long as you don't want to talk about Panther football or Wake Forest football.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, it's... It's, it's okay. It's early. It's early in the season, you know, but, uh, you know, even if football doesn't happen here in beautiful North Carolina, at least it's cooled off a little bit, you know, maybe we'll actually have some fall.
2: I'll tell you, I mean, it's, that's just what we are talking about just a minute ago. It's fall here, at least for the day, cause it's, it, which is
1: good considering it was such a hot summer. Well, talking about hot summers... Our guest today is in Houston, Texas. Our guest is uh, Megan Eddings. Megan, how are you doing today?
0: I'm doing fantastic. Yeah, we had definitely a uh, super hot summer and being from the Northeast, from Rhode Island. Every summer I say, oh man, I've acclimated to the weather. And then like this past summer happens, I don't think anybody acclimated to it.
1: Well, a little bit of background on Megan. And, And I had the chance to meet Megan about a month ago at the uh, uh, textile conference, and she's done some work with our manufacturing solution center in the past. And uh, now, and did you do karaoke with with some of our people as well, or is that just our friend Tanya? Does she goes solo on karaoke.
0: I've danced with Devin Steele, but I've not done karaoke the textile crew yet.
1: Well, your your time will come. Uh, you know, uh, Megan attended the University of Virginia. And has a chemistry background. Another ACC? ACC person, but, you know, she's in Texas now. But, uh, you know, the ACC could be in Texas that You never either. know. Really That's know. exactly right. Uh, she's created not one but two companies, Excel Unite and Excel Lifestyle. Uh, she's uh, got a, a vision and uh, she's got a great attitude. She's an industry leader in public health, entrepreneurship, textiles, Uh, She serves as a resource to the medical community, the military. She is a guest lecturer at Rice University, the University of Virginia, Houston Community College, and the University of Houston, focusing on science, entrepreneurship, and sustainability. She is the winner of the Women's Business Enterprise National Council's 2022 Pitch Competition, as I said, I had a chance to, to hear her speak uh, about a month ago and really appreciated her enthusiasm and passion. So, so that's Megan, a wow. So anyway, that's amazing, Megan.: I, I've really built you up, Megan I was going to you know? say. So anyway, I hope you can you live know, up.: well, this.
0: Actually I'm sitting up a little straighter. Okay. i was going to say.
2: Yeah. I'm, no, I'm not going to talk the rest of the podcast.
1: Well, I think, Megan, you, you tell us a little bit about Excel lifestyle, and how did you come what is it, and how did you come about to start it?
0: Yeah. You, uh, my husband loves hearing when like the beginning of any business pitch competition I used to do is it all started with my husband's stinky t-shirt. Um, you mentioned, you know, my background's in chemistry and uh, I used to work in a lab. Um, I thought I was going to work in a lab the rest of my life. Um, whether it be, uh, basically finding a cure for cancer when I was in my twenties, that's what I wanted to do. My roommate passed away at UVA from cancer. So I said, that's what I'm going to dedicate my life to. Well, one day I walked out of Brown where I was working. I'm like, I am way too outgoing to be working in a lab the rest of my life, so I moved here to Houston to sell medical equipment for Siemens uh, Medical. And about 11 years ago, I met my husband. We're super into fitness. We were then, we are now. And I was just washing his workout clothes. He was doing CrossFit really early in the morning, you know, wearing that material we all like to wear that wicks away the sweat. It feels cool, but it holds on to the stink. So it. Literally kept me up at night. Like, I can't believe that I'm selling $3 million MRI machines to MD Anderson. You know, it is no big deal. And we don't have workout clothes that don't stink. So Excel Lifestyle took about three, three and a half years of a lot of testing, a lot of samples made. Um, But we launched Excel Lifestyle in August 2019, selling clothes made with my Prima fabric that is odor resistant and 100% sourced and made here in the United States.
1: And and you solve the problem. You, you're yeah. You you're still with your husband. <laughs> happily, happily, yes, yes. So and and now now what does uh, as far as Excel uh, lifestyle at this point? And tell us tell us about the various products that you're making and and how is that how's how's the business doing?
0: Yeah, it's it's going great. You know, someone would have asked me in August 2019 you know, as business, like, where do you want to be? How big do you want to get? What are your goals? I would have said back then um, that, you know, we want to be bigger than Lululemon and every piece of textile has some kind of science component to it and everything's ethically made for me, which means no sweatshops. Now, what I say is I love creating textiles. So as far as, yes, Excel Lifestyles, we're in about 30 locations across the country. Um, Talbot's, the women's clothing store, carries our line and they actually just we just delivered a second order for them. Um, And so right now we're carrying a lot of like country clubs, high end boutiques, uh, Talbot's. But we also are looking at creating textiles for other very well-known retail brands that are out there. So those are some conversations we're having now. Um, As far as what we sell, T-shirt, simple T-shirts and tank tops for men and women. Um, It was started as workout clothes, but now what I find is instead of being a fitness apparel brand, we're more of a lifestyle brand. So people wear a lot of our clothes uh, when they're traveling, um, under their blazers at work, just to kind of keep that, lack of better words, fresh smell throughout the day.
1: Well, and and, um, uh, you've seen that you've got a real commitment to sustainability and you're you're from a supply chain perspective you're you're focused on domestics as much as you can focus on domestic at this point in time is that just sort of the uh, the initial vision for what you were doing or how did you evolve to that is that part of your science background
0: yeah uh, actually nothing to do with science so what happened was um i when i was looking when kyle had the stinky workout clothes Way before I thought to ever have the confidence or the knowledge uh, to be an entrepreneur, I just went to Google and, like, just first thing I typed in is, you know, who else has an odor resistant fabric solution, you know, shirts out there? And just like Google or the World Wide Web or whatever you want to call it, I eventually kind of got into the dark web of sweatshops. And so, as I got into the dark web of sweatshops and how most of our clothes are made, I vowed and I I, I crystal clear remember thinking that I have to put my head on the pillow every single night and know that every decision I make personally and for the business focuses on humanity and the environment. Uh, So at the time I was a company of one, and the only way to make sure that I wasn't using a sweatshop was to actually hop on an airplane and go visit everyone in my supply chain, everyone who makes the fibers, everyone who makes the fabric, um, everyone who makes the apparel. And so because I was a company one in limited finances, I chose made in USA at the time, uh, just to make sure that there were no sweatshops in my supply chain.
1: And, and uh, has that been a has that been a challenge for you to to make it uh, domestically here in the U.S. or or how how's that worked for you?
0: I could write a book on that. Uh, it it was just as difficult to find a one hundred percent sourced and made ethical supply chain domestically than it was to invent my fabric, just as difficult. Um, Quick little story. We had two factories, cut and sew. For those of you that don't know, cut and sew. They basically make clothes. So my fabric's made in North Carolina. My apparel is made in California. We had two factories lined up uh, in California because I was trying to find a, a spot on the East Coast. It wasn't working out so well in terms of quality. And so a girl on my team, we flew out to California to meet with the owners of both factories. They'd already had our samples. They were already uh, had some fabric. They had our patterns. Long story short, we actually had to show up to one of the factories the day after we met with them unannounced with a haul Just me and the girl, I'm 5'5". Five five, she's 5'1". Five so we're not like, you know, we're, we're not intimidating looking people. But We showed up to the factory unannounced in our U-Haul. And uh, demanded everything back because we found out during our meeting we read between the lines and they actually were operating a sweatshop in some of their facilities. So just because things are made in the United States, I had a rude awakening that there are sweatshops here domestically as well.
1: Well, well, kudos for you for Mm -hmm. doing the uh, legwork to uh, to identify the right ones at that point in time. That's a real commitment. I
0: I say, you know, so that was early on. That was back in twenty. Ba, 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 ba. that was back in 2018 and here we are in 2023 and we all come up with challenges every day every day there's a challenge personal professional whatever i go back to that day and i'm like if i can show up in downtown la with the u-wall unannounced I, mean, I can do anything so
1: <laughs> well, you, you might be five five but you do work out i mean you know, you, 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 know you probably yeah, you, know, you got a little bit of muscle there well, and I have the Rhode Island accent and the deep voice, so that helps as well. Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> true. So, so uh, when you got to 2020, you got, we, we got into the pandemic, you know, mm-hmm. and I guess sort of, sort of two questions. I would think that, you know, when you talk about um, Excel lifestyle Turning into more of a a, maybe a lifestyle type brand with the way people were using their products. You know, we don't want to sit around and say, "Oh, you know, the pandemic was was good for somebody or or had some silver linings." I don't know if that had a impact on Excel lifestyle, but also it opened up uh, an opportunity for you to pivot into some of the medical garments as well. So, what talk to us a little bit about. Um, how, how that worked and Excel United and, and you know, what, how did that happen? What, what were you thinking and and how did you make it happen?
0: I don't think I was thinking, I think I was just reacting, um, to be honest, there was not a lot of thought going on. It was just, uh, yeah, but no, 2020 will always be just a wild year for all of us for so many reasons. Um, I was blessed to have a, uh, consultant, a fashion consultant out in New Jersey, and she started with us in 2018 and her sister was a nurse in New York City. I woke up, let's see, it was March of 2020, Houston had just shut down and I woke up on a Friday morning and my consultant texted me and said, hey, CDC just came out last night and said, healthcare workers are running out of face masks. She of course was hearing all the experiences of her sister. What if you take your fabric and make it into face masks? So. I think we were one of the first com- companies I don't know, in the country to do it because I just thought, Holy crap. I have all these, this fabric here in Houston and in California, I can figure out a pattern of how to make a face mask. We just made t-shirts um, and I worked in hospitals for 14 years before becoming an entrepreneur. So everything was just lined up. So we uh, had our first sample mask made that day and within a week and a half, we got an order for about 40, not about, forty-four 44,000 face masks from a big hospital here in Houston. But the really crazy story was yeah. about a week after that, um, I a friend of a friend, like a, a girl I, I kind of know here in town, in her oh. free, sorry, so I have two dogs and they're apparently excited about my story right now. If you hear him barking in the background.
2: Didn't know but, what uh, that was.
0: <laughs> yeah. That was my husband. That was yeah. my husband. <laughs> And so uh, she said, hey, Meg, you know, in my free time, I mentor uh, military men and women who are retiring and to you know join the civilian world. And I happened to have a call with this guy the day before. This is now the first week in April of 2020. She's like, I saw you on the news in Houston. I see you're making face masks. They're in desperate need of face masks. So she said, can you have a call with them? I said, sure. Well, as an entrepreneur, you know, we were making face masks for about a week and a half of the nine thousand we had made probably only 4,000 were actually usable from quality control, but I'm like, I'll have to call the guy. He's now one of my best friends. And um, he said, Meg, we need 50,000 face masks delivered, landed in Virginia beach, Hawaii, and San Diego in seven days. And so I got off the phone. I called a bunch of my domestic buddies here in town that I knew were making face masks. So we actually had 50,000 masks delivered in six days uh, so that actually split, spread like wildfire. So that was the Navy, but then we got started making masks with the Navy SEALs and the Marines. And for me, people say, you know, 2020, we had a lot of, um, you know, business growth. But what was the most important, you know, what was the most special part of for me for 2020? Hands down, no questions asked was working with the military. Um, My brother's a Marine. My dad always wanted to be in the military, um, but he was legally blind, so he couldn't. And so even my fabric, my anti-stink fabric, I always said, man, one day, like this will be on the military. This will be on the military. And um, so to actually make face masks and be part of the military was one of the biggest blessings for me as a person. Um, And then Excel Unite, you mentioned, is also 2020. By August of 2020, we basically were a mask machine. We were churning and burning and just making them. And, you know, great supply chain, awesome people. And I got this call, you know, a weird number came through and I answered all of them. Hello, this is Megan. And happened to be a supply chain manager of a large hospital system, one that I hadn't worked for, but he knew I was making masks. And he said, you know, we need 50,000 face masks. I said, no problem. And Jeff, you heard me say this before. In every talk and every podcast I give, I say, if there's one thing you take away from everything I say, it is the next thing I'm about to say. Something made me ask, and I call that something God, but something made me ask this guy, what else do you need? We weren't offering anything else. And he said, actually, Meg, we're in, we're in desperate need of reusable isolation gowns. I did not know what that was, but I didn't say a word. So I went to Google quickly and typed it in, those plastic use gowns that our healthcare heroes are wearing. And make a very long story short, I worked with their infection control team and designed a reusable gown that's tested up to uh, 200 washes in a commercial laundry system. And it's patent pending in 153 countries. The key to that question was, what else do you need? Is we weren't offering anything else, but we all have relationships with people that can help. Um, So that question if I did not ask that question, I wouldn't even be having this conversation um, right now, and so they needed these gowns as most hospitals did because ninety five percent of all isolation gowns that are used in the United States are actually those single use plastic gowns that you know the healthcare heroes wear for a couple of seconds to a couple of minutes mm-hmm. and that's awesome
1: well yeah one of, one of the things that uh, became very apparent during uh, the pandemic was number one the lack of PPE, mask, gowns, and also the fact that very little of it was made here in the United States. <laughs> so the fact yeah. that you were able to do that was pretty impressive. It's and amazing only, how
2: fast you were able to turn it around and get in production.
0: The only reason that was able to happen is because we talked about it in the beginning of this, of this conversation. I made a vow to have everything ethically made, and that happened to be made in USA, so that decision back in 2017 to make everything made in USA, what was able to have me pivot so quickly and, and help our frontline workers in uh, you know
2: 2020.
1: Well, How, oh, go ahead, Gary.
2: I was going to say, with all the things you did from a production standpoint and making that happen, where did your business background come from to be able to do that and do it successfully from a financial standpoint?
0: Well, I never learned, I never knew what the expression cash, cash is king was until the pandemic. Got it. Uh, you know, I have always been extremely relationship focused. I love people since I probably could bear like, before I could talk. I have been surrounded by incredible advisors. Uh, so in, back in 2017, I, um, applied for my first business pitch competition for Excel lifestyle. And I've done a few since then. And every time I did these competitions, they would randomly pair me with these, I call them business ballers. You know, these business advisors, whether it be a CFO, a CEO, people that actually have, you know, years and years of experience running businesses. And so I'm very fortunate that all of those advisors are still advisors to my companies today. So they had the business acumen and I had the personality um, and the we can figure this out attitude and the chemistry background. So just kind of all of us put together just... uh, Success, I guess, was the only option.
1: <laughs> well, you, you you were selling medical devices, so I think that you had the sales piece of it uh, uh, down pretty well. Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly, exactly right. Yeah. So I've been, i been. I mean, I I say, I, somebody asked me when did you start sales, and initially I wanted to say, oh, you know, when I started medical equipment, you know, back in my twenties, and I'm like, oh no, no, I always won first place in the Girl Scout cookie competition. There Who you go. Cookies. So I mean, this goes back to. Yeah,
1: infancy. <laughs> well, so, so uh, you, you know, you, you've created two companies. You've, you've had to create supply chains and build all this stuff. As, as you sort of look back on on where you were, where you are now, and how you've scaled, you know, what have been the biggest challenges for you? How, you know, in terms of you, you mentioned cash is king. I don't know about funding. I don't know building the right team. What's, what, have, what have been the biggest challenges that you've had to face?
0: Funding. I'll say funding number one, for sure. Um, I, because I was in medical sales and just the way I was raised, I I saved every penny. I mean, I've always been a saver. And even when I left my corporate job to pursue creating this fabric, I never would have thought it would have taken as long as it did and as much money as it did. And I tell everyone, you know, oh, you know, it'll cost at least 150% more than you think it will, or it'll take Maybe two times longer than you think it will. Even if you kind of put in, you know, conservative numbers, it'll take even longer and even more or more money. Um, I've had to tap into my four hundred and one k. Actually, during, I'm always a very honest person. During the pandemic, you know, we we made millions, and there was one oper- there was one situation where I had to pay my factory. All my factories have to be paid a hundred percent before they ship the product. I don't get paid for that product. Right until 60 or 90 days after it ships. I didn't understand all that. I just saw money's coming in, money's going out. I actually had to go into my 401k to pay for a product because I wasn't going to get paid. This is during the pandemic where the world says, oh man, she's, she's killing it. She's being interviewed by all these people whatever. But I'm like, little do they know I had to find cash in order to fulfill a couple of my orders. Um, can I so, use
2: your story in my finance class? Cause that's exactly what I talk about. You're selling the product, but if they're paying, if you're having to do it immediately, just what you just said, but, and you're not getting your money for 60 or 90 days, you got to finance it.
0: And, you know, I thought I knew, you know, in all these business classes that I took and, you know, accelerator programs you don't really know what that means until you're sitting in it. And exactly. I literally, this is what they mean by when they're teaching me how to put together a spreadsheet, but you can't actually count your revenue earned until 60 to 90 days. And then sometimes it's the next fiscal year. I like, mean, this is language I didn't learn in chemistry class, but you find out real quick when you're going through well, it. Well,
2: you said it earlier, cash is king. Uh-huh. If you did your financial statement, you would show a profit, significant profit, but the cash... You had to you finance it. Yeah.
1: Whole, you just can't pay your suppliers or your employees or anything like that, right. which tends to irritate them. But it looks good on paper.
0: It looks great on paper. And even uh, back when I first started, back in twenty, let's see, twenty November twenty sixteen is when I left Corp America to really pursue this Excel lifestyle. In twenty eighteen, I hired my first uh, gal on my team. And I didn't, again, I'm a very like frugal person. I did not account for hiring someone before I launched, but some things happened in the business that I needed another person. I didn't have the cash for it. So I asked, and my mom doesn't have a lot of money, but I asked to borrow money to pay for this girl for one year for her salary. Um, and it's funny, I didn't tell the girl until probably like, I think she found out in a podcast about four years later that I didn't even have the cash to pay her. But you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you have to be resourceful, and you have to get scrappy, and you know. And it's not. It's actually the majority of this journey is not rainbows and butterflies. It's it's uh, a lot of stress and a lot of strategy on how am I going to succeed to get to the next level.
1: Well, and and you know we. You know we probably all run into people who are attracted to the excitement of starting their own business and and they and they see all the butterflies and the rainbows and everything, and they don't understand the 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 stress that might come with it of understanding uh, oh uh, I've got people working for for me now I've got that responsibility to make sure that uh, they are taken care of and and whatnot are they you know when you think of uh other yeah, you're you're talking to students now, whether it be in class or whether it be on podcasts or what. Now, what what other areas do you tell them that they better be worrying about before they make that leap?
0: So, I always say, don't quit your day job until you have a bunch of cash saved up. I mean, that jet, you know, I, I would never suggest someone to just go in all in because it's going to take a long time. Uh, you know, they say say seven to ten years for overnight success. I mean, it it, it takes a very long time. Uh, I started my business before, right before the explosion of Instagram, which I'm very fortunate that I did. Because if you, if an average person who's not an entrepreneur looks on social media, they think entrepreneurship is glamorous. I'm, te- I'm getting all dressed up, getting all these awards. Absolutely not. It is not. I mean, yes, are there moments of celebration and being with your peers and getting all sure, but entrepreneurship is. I would say it's extremely challenging because there's no right answer. There's no right path to su- achieve success because everyone's journey is so different. Everyone's product, everyone's service. And back to a question you asked me earlier about challenge and funding. I would, another challenge that absolutely is just as top as funding is I'm always asking myself, there's only so many hours in the day. Am I focusing on today and this week truly what is best for my business Or am I focusing on things that I'm just good at that might actually not be moving the needle towards success of the business? So it's really important as an entrepreneur to really sit down and take that quiet time and figure out what is it that I need to really scale the business and not get into that trap of just doing all the small things.
1: Well, well as you say that, it makes me think of something that you talked about when I heard you uh, speak in, uh, um, in Belmont at the, the industry. You talked about the fact that you're, you're, you're a very positive person and you have some habits and some things that you do on a daily basis to, to maintain your positivities and, and you were kind enough to share those when I heard you Share them with our, our audience now. How do you stay, how do you stay positive on a daily basis?
0: Thank you for asking that question. You know, it's sometimes we just do things that are natural to us and we don't even really realize we're doing it. And I was interviewed probably about six months ago and somebody asked me that question, how do you stay so positive? And I just, I didn't really know the answer. Well, now I actually thought back at my day and I have tangible things that I do every single day. For example, the first one, what song do you wake up to? or What do you wake up to an alarm in the morning? You know, those annoying beeps or anything written with anxiety. Yes, they might get you out of bed, but now you just started your day with anxiety and you haven't even gotten your head off the pillow. Uh, So for me, I play Ave Maria uh, when I wake up every morning because it reminds me of my family. Um, I used to, and I say used to, I mean for like 30, I don't know, 25 years, go right to my phone, right to my work email. And that I don't do it anymore. It took me a long time to break that habit. But now what I do is I read every morning and even 10 minutes. I just finished a book and I'm not a huge book reader, uh, full disclosure. I'm not everyone that says you got to read this book, but I just finished a book and I would read it for about 10 minutes every day. I'm actually going to restart reading it just because it was so instrumental to my mindset throughout the day. Um, I don't work out in the morning. I'm a huge worker outer, but I work out after work. Another thing I do Big thing I do is I wear a lot of jewelry. Um, and, and because my whole family lives in Florida, you know, Florida, Rhode Island, not in Texas, I usually have about 10 bracelets on every day and a bunch of rings and all my jewelry is from people that I love. Uh, my dad, I actually think sub- my dad's passed away, but I think I subconsciously got this from him. He, uh, he was a, he worked at General Dynamics in Rhode Island. He sandblasted submarines for 33 years. He carried a coin that he got from his one of his best friends who had passed away in his pocket every single day. And do you know, I didn't know he carried that coin probably until about 15, he, I never knew, it. he never said anything, but when he passed, I was actually given the coin. So for me, having a tangible something, even if it's a pen you got from a loved one, that just is bringing joy You know, to your day every day. Um, I volunteer a lot. Um, I've always volunteered a lot. I'm actually, a uh, am on the UVA alumni, university of Virginia alumni board here in Houston over the service. So we're always hosting service events. I'm hosting a charity event this Saturday. Um, and I would say another one is, which is going to sound, I get at least nine hours of sleep every night. I, just I, I don't
2: how you do all these things.
0: Yeah. <laughs> sleep. I used to be embarrassed by saying that I need so much sleep. I need sleep. And so I get about nine hours a night and, the only way that'll be compromised if I'm dancing somewhere and you know that, 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 that'll keep me out, but I get nine hours of sleep for sure. But the biggest thing is, yeah, the first 10, 15, 20 minutes of your day, and I know it sounds small and people say, do all this stuff. It doesn't have to be you laying on a mat and meditating. It's just something that gets you out of your own head to start your day. And so for me, it's so much more than Megan Eddings. And so I get out of my head you know, the moment I wake up.
1: So now I I don't know about Gary I actually uh, have been toying around with uh, wake up songs as well I wake up to Dreamboat Annie by heart because it starts with some like some quiet waves and very mellow and it's not that 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 crazy beeping so I I've taken that to heart so thank you
0: will you do it- you heard my talk. I mean, I'm sorry. Were you doing uh, that
1: before you heard? Actually, I was doing it before, but I've, I've I've played around with various songs, and that's the one that I've come to, at least for the time being. So, yeah, it's it's. I don't it. do that yet. Well, I love you know. music to get me going. Okay. Well, we're gonna we're gonna work on that, Gary. Okay. We're gonna work on your wake future, up song. Okay. We're gonna work on your wake Maybe up. Maybe we song. can get our audience to yeah. give us some ideas. There you go. That's right. Um, <laughs> I, I've got some ACDC that I think you I, would. Well, enjoy. I do like AC/DC. Right. I do. Um, so, so Megan, you you're when you when you look into the future, you know, the, you know, a lot of times when people talk about uh, building their business, they say, you got to have an exit plan. I'm not so sure I agree with that. But I don't know what, what your thoughts are on that. And that, that, you know, do you is this is this what you plan to do for an extended period? Do you say, hey, some big company should come by me? What do you what's your what's your thought process?
0: you know, this changes. And I agree with you a hundred percent. Like when you're an entrepreneur, especially when you're, you know, newer people say, what's your exit plan? And I always felt really uncomfortable with that question because I never thought I'd be an entrepreneur. So for me to know what my plan is, I don't know. And I'm still not really sure. If I had to put a crystal ball out there right now, I would say I absolutely love being an entrepreneur. And so once you become an entrepreneur, you see so much, room for improvement in the world and other areas. So perhaps someday I'll sell Excel lifestyle with my fabric and uh, the gown. So my, my gowns are actually, my medical gowns are sold by Siemens medical talk about full circle. Um, so I may see if they want to buy my gowns someday and try something else. Um, but right now I'm uh, just focusing on, you know, enjoying the journey and, and really, like I mentioned earlier, making sure every day that I'm focusing on things that are going to move the needle whatever the needle may be that week forward
2: well, i think that's you question that jeff and megan's kind of saying the same thing i mean if you start the business and you still love it you need to say well i'm an excellent plan, so i have to sell why would you do that if you still
1: love okay. what you're doing yeah. well, No, and, and things change you never know uh yeah. we, we don't anticipate pandemics or who knows what mm-hmm. might be coming down the pike so uh right. so who knows well, Megan, we really appreciate you joining us today. It's, it's been a pleasure getting a chance to meet you, having you on our podcast. Yeah, We always like to have our guests do a, a little lightning round. You up for that today? I'm ready. Okay. Well, uh, this month's lightning round is sponsored by Ned Ryerson Insurance. Whole life, auto, flood, home. You can't have enough insurance. Right, Gary? Am I right? Absolutely. All right. Stay safe with Ned Ryerson Insurance. You can check them out on the Internet. So, Megan, we've got some quick questions. Don't overthink it. You no. Know, here we go. First off, what is your biggest pet peeve? People that are late to meetings. That's a good one. What topping do you put on your pizza? All the meat. All the meats. Okay. Do you have a favorite vacation spot? beach anything to do with the beach texas beach
0: hell no Ah. uh (laughs) no Galveston doesn't cut it no i mean we're going to cabo in a few weeks for my husband's 40th birthday and being from rhode island i just love beaches
1: okay Beatles, rolling stones or taylor swift rolling stones do you have a favorite halloween candy
0: Oh Reese's peanut butter cup whoever answers differently we can't be friends no
1: yeah, that's well, that's a little harsh, but it's a good answer okay yeah. all right uh and uh, last question if you could have one superpower, what would it be
0: to be able to help more people
1: well that's a very nice answer you're not very selfish but we'll we appreciate your <laughs> we appreciate your answer that's good all right you passed the 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 Lightning round, Tess! Congratulations, you've been a thank God,
0: f- thank
2: God! You've been a wonderful <laughs> guest, absolutely.
1: And we always like to end uh, the podcast uh, by giving shout-outs to interesting businesses that we've come across. Megan, you have anybody you want to give a shout-out to?
0: You know, if this was a three-hour podcast, I could just go on and on and on. But there's, there's one one gal. Her name's Kalia Guillory. She's a friend here in Houston. And I met her back in twenty. It's funny about spreadsheets. I met her at a finance class for entrepreneurship. She owns Nap Bar, N A P B A R, and uh, she was an executive at a bank. And she was living outside of Houston and was come this before the pandemic, and was driving into the city for work all the time. And she's like, "Man, I'm exhausted," so she was taking little naps in her car. And she said, "What if there was a cool spot just to go and get a twenty minute nap?" Uh, She is blowing up and i i don't think she's made the official announcement yet but i'll just put it i'll put it to you this way i travel a lot in airports and i'm always tired something with an airport may or may not be announced really soon with nat bar so i couldn't be uh, more proud of her for sure
1: well, you know, and and Gary's office is a good place for napping as well. I've known. So <laughs> when you know, I'm talking, he, that's yeah, how he goes uh, to so. sleep. Anyway, that's a like uh, the episode?
0: You just got to go under your desk. No, yeah. one
1: well, we 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 might have to look for her uh, for a future guest on the on the podcast. So that sounds interesting.
0: Oh, she's incredible. She and that's she has cool. possibly more energy than I do.
1: Ah, that's well, maybe not. We're not sure we that's can. sure we can handle that. Yeah. All right, Gary, do you have a small business or a business you want to talk about? I do.
2: Thanks, Jeff. The one I want to spotlight has been around for a little while now. But I didn't know anything about them until a few weeks ago when we were wanting to get a gift for one of our employees and we wanted to find something unique. And Jaretta, one of our key employees, recommended Little Mountain Mums. Little Mountain Mum. Mid- okay. Madness. Have you heard of it? I have not heard of it. No. This is a hardworking family business that grows and sells the biggest and best mums in the world. Okay. Megan, do you know what a mum is? Oh, I love mums. There you go. Well, so now we may have another customer for us. It's my
1: second favorite uh, Halloween candy, mums. No, then you you don't know mums. Well, you might. Okay. Eat them. You could. Okay.
2: So we bought one of the mums (laughs) for our employee who loved it, but all the other employees loved it. Uh, And then I found out uh, they truly are big and beautiful. Uh, and people are buying them all over the place. And they have sold over 10,000 mums. And they only mm-hmm. sell from August to October. And they're beautiful. I mean, they're huge. Now, nobody can see us on the podcast as I'm putting my hands out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but bigger, bigger than a
1: bread box. Okay. They much
2: bigger than a bread box. Okay. And I looked, like I said, this morning, when, see anything unique about it. When they told me they sold over 10,000 mums, and they were out today. Okay. Uh, Well, congratulations. you would have brought
1: one to the podcast. All right. Well, congratulations, Little Mountain Mom. Sounds like they got it going. It was pretty cool. So, Well, I want to give a shout-out, and and Megan might even know this company. I don't know, but it's a company called TS Designs in Burlington, North Carolina. Uh, They are a custom T-shirt manufacturer and printer. And they focus also on creating domestic and sustainable shirts. They've been in business since the late 1970s, and they really took a hit when uh, NAFTA went in place in 1993. But they made a decision that uh, they were going to figure out how to make it work here in the United States. And uh, uh, with sustainable products, they uh, focus on People, planet, and profits, and they are a certified B corporation, which uh, is, a not, is a for-profit corporation that focuses on social and environmental performance. They have created a truly dirt-to-shirt T-shirt with all made USA, uh, all, all made in the USA, with all the materials made here in the USA. They uh, use cotton grown here in the United States. They've come up with reactive and natural dyes to, to to dye their shirts. And they've also focused on supply chain. They have a website called uh wearyourclothing.com, wear W-H-E-R-E, where if you buy one of their shirts, you can actually put in a, a code to see where it was where the cotton was grown, where, where all the materials came from here in the United States. And they're really into uh, working with farms and doing the whole process right. Uh, I saw a demo where they were Uh, using marigold flowers to dye some of their garments into uh, a beautiful gold. So it was was really pretty cool. So if you go to tsdesigns.com, you can learn about them and, uh, just sort of a cool company to check out. So anyway, anyway, if, uh, you are listeners, if you have a suggestion for the small business of the month, you can email them to us at eexchange at the mesh dot TV. And, uh, we appreciate your thoughts there, Megan. We want to thank you for joining us today. It's been yes, a lot it's of been fun. Great, yes. We want to thank the Mesh Podcast Network. If you go to the you can see all the cool podcasts that they're they've got going on, from business to to health, to funny stuff, to a little bit of everything. So uh, go check them out at the Mesh TV. And again, we'll look forward to talking with everybody again next month thanks a lot Megan have a good one thank you so much have a great day guys
0: you've been listening to The Mesh
2: an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts sports to entertainment music to community all programs are available
0: on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube